very blessed summer Lord's Day to all of you joining us in the Chicagoland area and beyond as a way to feel part of a community, even in your home. If you're on Zoom now, please turn on gallery view and greet one another with a wave or a bow and a good morning. And know that whoever you are, whatever your spiritual journey, you are welcome with us today and a part of our Holy Trinity community. We hope that you will gather with us as we work for justice in our world by dismantling racism and also as we work to heal and care for and be stewards of the earth itself. One note about worship is a bit unusual today. It's never really happened, but we are having our first two readings both from the book of Genesis. They're the two readings of the Joseph narrative. One of them was scheduled for next week, but we are observing as we do each year the Festival of Mary next week so that we can hear both of those Joseph readings. You will hear them back to back this morning. And now we prepare for worship with confession and forgiveness. Please return now to speaker view. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. 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 Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us confess our sins in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together in Christ. By grace you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Rejoice in the good news.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, our defender, storms rage around and within us and cause us to be afraid. Rescue your people from despair, deliver your children from fear, and preserve us in the faith of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from Genesis. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, not your brothers passing on come i will send you to them he answered here i am so he said to joseph go now see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock and bring word back to me so he sent joseph from the valley of hebron joseph came to second and a man found him wandering in the fields the man asked him what are you seeking I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where they are pasturing the flock? The man said, they've gone away, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands saying, let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, what? profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood come let us sell him to the ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him 
for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Word of God, word of life. <clears throat> Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thanks to the Lord and call upon God's name. Make known the deeds of the Lord among the peoples. Sing to the Lord, sing praises, and speak of all God's marvelous works. Glory in God's holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord Search for the strength of the Lord. Continually seek God's face. Remember the marvels God has done, the wonders and the judgments of God's love. O offspring of Abraham, God's servant, O children of Jacob, God's chosen ones. Then God called for a famine in the land and destroyed the supply of bread. The Lord sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet in fetters, his neck they put in an iron collar. Until his prediction came to pass, the word of the Lord attested him. The king sent and released him, the ruler of the people said, setting him as a master over his household, as a ruler over all his possessions, to instruct his princes according to his will, and to teach his elders wisdom. A reading from Genesis. After Judah offered himself in place of his brother, Benjamin, Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And Joseph wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer to me. And they came closer. 
He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there shall be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have shall not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then Joseph fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And Joseph kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. 
But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. Earlier this week, Ernest and I were on a walk. And as we passed someone, he said, I think that was Mark. We wondered if Mark recognized us with our masks. So, do you recognize me with my mask? So far, you probably do. But what if I were to add a hat? And what if I were actually to add my sleep mask that I sometimes use if it's too bright with the sun or other lights? Like, do you recognize me now? If we could go back a year in time and see pictures of life today with most everyone in masks, with folks trying to avoid one another on paths and sidewalks, we'd be shocked. We'd barely recognize this moment in time. We would think we are watching a dystopian movie, right? Two of our readings today have surprising lack of recognition moments. At the climax of a long story and in the midst of a famine, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt to beg for food. What they don't know is that their brother is now the virtual ruler of Egypt, and they don't recognize him. And while the disciples are on a storm-tossed sea, Jesus walks toward them, but they don't recognize him. They think he's a ghost. We'll come back to both of those recognition stories in a moment. But think of times that you haven't recognized someone. Had a lot of time passed? Maybe it was a college or high school reunion. Perhaps someone's appearance had indeed changed. A new hairstyle, new glasses. Very common, perhaps they gained weight or lost weight, or they aged, don't we all? Now the worst thing, of course, is when someone recognizes you and you have no idea who they are. When that happens to me, I'm happy if I sense something about them. At least there's something to start with, like, hey, aren't you the one who moved here from Texas? But if they playfully tease me, you do remember me, don't you? And I don't, 
I say, help me, like give me a clue. I kind of wonder if someday in the future, our names will be digitally, digitally available on our foreheads with the click of a watch or a phone. Back to Joseph. Now, even folks with minimal biblical knowledge recognize this story. Some know it through the musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. The Joseph story is a novella in itself, coming at the end of Genesis. I read the whole thing this past week, and I recommend you do it, even if it's been a long time. It has a compelling plot, avarice and greed, jealousy and sibling rivalry, sex, politics, palace intrigue. And like the Genesis stories we've been hearing the past weeks, plenty of family dysfunction. Some things never change. Now the final emotional scene that we just heard, when Joseph finally reveals who he is to his brothers, leads many people to recognize Joseph as a model of divine forgiveness and mercy. After all, his scheming brothers leave him half dead in a pit and he becomes an exile in Egypt. Yet one commentator makes this observation. Long before HBO's Tony Soprano, Joseph was the original bad guy, protagonist. Let's look more closely at the story. You begin to see Joseph's complexity as the youngest son of 12. Well, he's hmm, daddy's favorite, but he's also a tattletale and a bit, a bit of a brat. He's a dream interpreter. In one dream that he tells his father and brothers, they end up bowing down to him. You can see how that would go over well, which of course comes true. Well, the brothers grow to resent Joseph, and he ends up in a pit and is sold to Egypt. But as he matures, Joseph's character, maybe like ours, becomes more complicated. He's handsome, successful, second in command to powerful Pharaoh. Joseph's dreams of a famine come true, and suddenly his past and his present collide. His brother's journey from Canaan to buy grain, and not surprisingly, they do not recognize their little brother, now in his fancy Egyptian clothes, and his powerful persona. Joseph is anything but merciful at first. He is downright manipulative, if you read the whole section. He pretends not to recognize his siblings. He throws them in prison. He puts the money they paid for grain back in their sacks. The brothers are terrified to discover it, afraid they will be accused of stealing. More emotional ups, more emotional downs, and fast forward. The brothers return to Egypt now with the new favorite son, Benjamin. And after feasting together, rather than Joseph like finally coming out for who he is, he puts his favorite cup in Benjamin's sack, which sets up charges of stealing. 
all through this, we see Joseph's imperial power amid famine and hunger. Joseph alone decides who gets food and who doesn't, who will live and who will die. We, the reader or the hearer, we're drawn to Joseph somehow. But Joseph, time after time, steps aside, goes off camera, goes out of the room to weep privately. Now, though Joseph is the one wronged and will demonstrate forgiveness, before he falls apart, weeping on his brother's necks, he plays again on their fears, exploits his imperial power. But finally, Joseph's secret becomes unbearable as secrets usually do. And then the moment of recognition. Joseph finally comes clean. I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Do not be angry with yourselves because you sent me here, for God sent me to preserve your life. Do you recognize God in the story? A God who works to bring good from evil, a divine grace that transforms a curse into a blessing, or as one writer says, the God who has every reason to reject a wayward human family, but instead loves them, even to the point of one's own participation in their suffering. Maybe like Joseph, our complicated lives have purpose as well. And now, get in the boat with me. Where do you recognize yourself in today's gospel? In the fear and terror of the disciples? The wind and the waves are enough, but then they they see a ghost walking toward them on the water. Weird. Maybe they're just imagining it. Or do you recognize yourself in always over-eager Peter, ready to take a risk, jumping right in, walking right on the water toward Jesus? But when he takes his eyes off Jesus, amid the wind, he freaks out. He begins to sink. In these weird, freaky, frightening days, as we begin to sink, Jesus reaches his hand to us, catches us. Even when we don't recognize him or recognize any divine purpose for it all, even when we are manipulative or secretive like Joseph, even when we don't think there's any way we can get out of this mess, this sinking ship. In our doubt, in our despair, we hear hopeful words. Take heart. It is I, Jesus. Do not be afraid. It is the moment of recognition 
the words we long to hear, the peaceful presence in the midst of the storm we are now living. This Lord's Day, gathered together online, we hear the resonant meditation bell. We take a deep breath and with the exhale, with the exhale, there is a sigh of relief, the presence of God. Amen.
We thank you for being part of the Holy Trinity community gathered on Zoom this morning. We've sent a survey out last week. We have uh, over 100 responses, but if you haven't yet filled it out, it was in the e-news this week, and I'm gonna ask Bo to send it one more time, perhaps tomorrow, um, so that we can hear from as many of you as possible about how you feel about returning to the building, communion, and other aspects of worship during a time of pandemic. And speaking of communion, we have um, spaces available in our garden um, at the 7.30 service on Wednesday, August 19th. I think there are seven spaces left and um, you'll find information online about uh, signing up for that event. We thank you as always for your generosity as you support our ministry, as we uh, embody the, the presence of God in our lives, in our homes and in the world. Thank you for your support, whether you give online or you send um, checks to the church, Please know that our loose offering, as we call it, supports One North Side. You can see how to give to that online. We also, you may remember three or four months ago, took up a special offering for the Elvina Moan Social Justice Fund to help with those who have special needs during this time. And we've used a lot of that. And if you are inspired, we invite you to give again or for the first time to the Elvina Fund Moan, the Elvina Moan Social Justice Fund. Several of you gather us, gather with us from around the country. You may be members of another church or denomination, and we would love to deepen our ties with you and have you become associate members of our congregation, which is possible through our denomination. Others of you may be new to the online community, and we would love to get connected to you. Please note on the screen there will be a special orientation on Monday, August 31st at 7 p.m. Please email Bo if you're able to attend. And now our forums, today's forum will be evening and morning patterns of daily prayer led by our own Bo Surat. And that will also be the topic for our full meal, full course um, at Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You'll notice a week from today, we'll talk about um, Mary for Lutherans. We will be celebrating the Festival of Mary during worship next week. And at the website, there are some links for you to read in preparation for that session. And then two weeks from today, we begin eight or nine weeks uh, of our readings from the book of Exodus, our liberation story and a fascinating book indeed. And some of our forums after worship, we will be discussing topics from the sermon or themes from those readings. And on Wednesdays, it will be a full hour and we will be using a resource called Abiding Hope. If you would like, which is um, $8, if you'd like a copy of this, either to participate on Wednesday or as background reading for Sunday, please enter in the chat feature now your name and say, I'd like a copy of Exodus. It is also available to be sent to your home. I believe it's $8 and then um, nearly $5 of postage, but we also can send you the link for that. Let us know and we can send you the link if you'd like to order it yourself. And now a high point of worship online since, uh, since March is hearing a faith story. And today we welcome Don Camp. Good morning. I grew up in the American South where Jesus is everywhere, the pious carry Bibles and our bodies 
are a little suspect, even if they are the temples of the Holy Ghost. The more severe evangelical Protestants dominated my world, and we frowned upon Pentecostals for speaking in tongues and upward waving hands, primitive Baptists for foot washing, and Catholics for kneeling and crossing themselves, worshiping Mary, and all sorts of idolatrous behavior. This behavior was pretentious, even repulsive. For me, faith found expression in Bible reading and silent prayer. I experienced God most deeply in these acts, and I was a school-smart kid, so a brainy faith made sense for me. Of course, a brainy faith that avoided the pretentiousness and messiness of sweaty, dirty bodies. Well, these days, I prefer to hear the Bible recited, and I let the words and images wash over me. I discovered my body and realized not only that I needed it, but that it could be a source of great comfort and pleasure, and also great pain. I learned to run and a new way to pray, especially when running by the lake or in the woods. This moving prayer, this moving meditation is sweaty and dirty, but surprisingly beautiful. I still pray silently, but also practice Buddhist meditation where I sit in silence and watch my mind swirl by. The Buddhist also taught me to bow and kneel, to bow and to kneel with reverence. The reverence, even the worship I experience in these full body practices is described wonderfully by the poet Mary Oliver when she says, I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed. Last summer, when I started coming to Holy Trinity, crossing myself and kneeling, bowing, holding my hands out, it all confused me, felt awkward, and yes, it felt a little pretentious. But it also confused me because I felt oddly at home. Refreshing and heartwarming, these practices really touch something in me. Reverence, I think that's the word, it's reverence. These practices somehow encapsulated my response to this adventure of life, my response to this amazing, sometimes wrenching adventure of a God-infused life. So here at Holy Trinity, I find a new place to fall down, to kneel down, to be idle and blessed. Thank you all.
of your care and upheld by the Holy Spirit. We pray for the church, the world, and all in need. Strengthen the faith of all who believe. Speak to us through your word of power and mercy. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Protect waterways, forests, lands, and wildlife from exploitation and abuse. Tame the storms that threaten human habitations. Hear us, O oh God. Your, Your mercy is great. Inspire those who govern to keep peace with their neighbors and to maintain justice for their citizens. Calm the world's violence. Strengthen the world's democracies and keep autocrats in check. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. For those who are unemployed or homeless or hungry or hospitalized, for those whose money has run out, for those who are fearful of the future, and for those we name before you now, 
either in the chat feature or by unmuting. Kathleen. Hafiz. Maureen, Tasha. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Sustain medical workers for their arduous tasks. Assist our Congress and governors in legislating wisely during the pandemic. Frustrate all prejudices between peoples that are based on ethnic origin or skin color. Give wisdom to educators as they plan for the fall semester. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Give us kindness with one another and patience for ourselves. Reach out your hand to save us when we are sinking. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We praise you, O oh God, for all who have died in the faith, for martyrs, for leaders in the struggle for civil rights, for victims of COVID-19, for those who are dear to us. Especially this week, we glorify you for Blessed Mary, Dominic, Lawrence, Claire, Florence Nightingale, Maximilian Colby, and Kai Monk. Bring us at the end with all your saints into your everlasting life. Hear us, O oh God. Your, your mercy is great. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. O oh God, you are our shelter in the storm. Your gracious word is our reconciliation and hope. Blessed be God forever. Blessed, Blessed be God, God forever. You illumine your way through life with the words of your Son. Give us the light we need. Awaken us to the needs of others. And at the end, bring all the world to your feast. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of the God of Abraham and Sarah, and of Jesus Christ, born of our sister Mary, and the Holy Spirit, who broods over the world as a mother over her children, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
Christ, go forth and share in this mission, giving thanks and praise to God and bearing God's creative and redeeming word to all of the world. Thanks, thanks be God. to God. Now at this time, I invite people to go ahead and move your cameras into gallery view so that we can share the peace with one another. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. And also with you. Peace be with you. Peace. God's peace. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace. 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 Peace.